0: Your emotions and their range are controlled by the Disney Corporation. Welcome to The Decline of Culture. In 2019, legendary director Martin Scorsese made the news for saying that Marvel movies weren't cinema. The backlash was louder than the statement, perhaps because the Marvel movie franchise is so hugely successful and beloved. But maybe the fact that I called it a franchise should give us some
1: sort of a hint. Quote. What streaming means and how that's going to define a new form of cinema, I'm not sure. I thought for a while maybe long form TV is cinema. It's not." It simply isn't, you know. It's, it's a different viewing experience. You could look at three episodes, two, four, ten, you know, one, one week, a second episode, the second week, that's not, it, it's a different kind of thing. So this got to be still, what has to be protected is the singular experience of experiencing a picture, ideally with an audience. The value, how do you, how do you say, the value of a film that's like a, a theme park film, for example, uh, the Marvel type pictures, where where the theaters become amusement parks that's a different experience and it's like it's not even it's a, I was saying earlier it's not cinema it's something else you know whether you go for that or not but it is something else and they shouldn't be we shouldn't be invaded by it um and so that that's a big issue that's a big issue uh and we need the theater owners to step up for that you see to allow theaters to show films that are narrative films
0: Recently, he wrote an essay published in Harper's Bazaar, in praise of another legendary filmmaker, Federico Fellini. Another wave of backlash, though smaller, followed, where Scorsese was called an elitist for some of the things he said, like, quote, "...in the present day, the art of cinema is being systematically devalued, sidelined, demeaned, and reduced to its lowest common denominator, content." End quote. When Howard Stern asked RDJ whether Marvel movies were cinema, Iron Man said, quote, well, it's playing in theaters, end quote. Samuel L. Jackson was also asked to comment on this and he said, quote, that's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny, end quote. Further noting that not everyone likes Scorsese's films. It's worth pointing out here that Scorsese didn't say Marvel movies aren't good, just that they're not cinema. So where do we stand on this? What is cinema?
2: This distinction, I think, has always existed. So I think, in a sense, the essay is knocking on open doors. So we have different words for the art form. You know, we have cinema, we have film, we have movie. And, you know, older words include picture, or talkies, even when you know sound was introduced. So I think some form of this categorization always existed, right? So the movies were, you know, entertainment that you went out to see with your friends, and films were, you know, um, more artistic versions of the same thing. So I'm not sure whether this categorization or or this. Uh, argument about these um, terms like content and film and movie and cinema is anything new here.
0: Well, it's not necessarily new, but for, for now let's just keep it short just to see where everyone stands and then we can have a larger discussion about the more specific points. Anaya, what do you stand on this? Or
3: I'm, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, if Scorsese was using the word cinema as against other kinds of words we use for movies i think he was perhaps talking about what he considers cinema and and you know that's that's a problem right yeah there is this tendency that if i think something is a bad movie then i will say you know what that's not a movie as if bad movies can't be movies so, so I think that's the worldview that we have to think about: is our bad movies still movies? Is bad art still art? Is bad music still music? Because yes, he's um, yeah, he's asking perhaps a very, I don't know, I'm, I hate to use this word, but ontological question.
0: I don't think it is, and if if I can ask each of you, uh, if if you've read the essay on Fellini or at least the first two paragraphs, when he, because most of the essay is about Fe, uh, Fellini in particular, so it's not very important in our conversation. But the first two paragraphs and the last two paragraphs are about cinema in general. So if you've read that, you would have a better idea of what he means. So I don't know if you read it. Sorry, boss. I didn't know there were assigned readings for this class. <laughs> I specifically said, homework for next time, read this article. However, uh, Daniel, did you read it? I read it.
2: <laughs> I'm almost ashamed. I'm almost ashamed to admit that I read it. I read the whole thing because it was okay. Wasn't wait, very wait, long. wait, and wait.
0: No, 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 no. Why are you ashamed? This is a very important question. Tell me how you feel. Tell me about your father. <laughs> no, why were you ashamed? It's Scorsese writing about Fellini. Who you wouldn't, if you're a fan of movies, you'd be interested. He's in that, ashamed but... because
3: he's the nerd who does his readings for the class. Exactly. exactly.
0: And he's making our podcast better for it
2: (laughs) so but i i don't think so i read the whole thing and even though the middle part as you said is about fellini so not you know about general topics i think the middle part is also very telling in a way so um that's where he's building his own personal canon and yes i think it's very telling how he talks about these films but okay, we can so go into that later.
0: Uh, since Anunai hasn't hasn't read those paragraphs, I'll just provide some context for him uh, for those uh, paragraphs. Let me pull up the article again from my history.
3: Uh, uh, what is send. it called?
0: Il Maestro.
3: Oh, okay. I'll, I, I can send you a link it's, here. How did you find it? Yeah, it's, it's harpers.org. Sure.
0: Yes, it, it, it is that. And I, I have uh, more uh, quotes here, which I can read. For me, the filmmakers I came to love and respect. For my friends who started making movies around the same time that I did, cinema was about revelation, aesthetic, emotional and spiritual revelation. It was about characters the complexity of people and their contradictory and sometimes paradoxical natures, the way they can hurt one another and love one another, and suddenly come face to face with themselves. Many of the elements that define cinema as I know it are there in Marvel Pictures. What's not there is revelation, mystery, or genuine emotional danger. Nothing is at risk. The pictures are made to satisfy a specific set of demands and they are designed as variations of a finite number of themes. Everything in them is officially sanctioned because it can't really be any other way. There's the nature of modern film franchises, market researched, audience tested, vetted, modified, re-vetted and re-modified until they're ready for consumption. And if you're going to tell me that it's simply a matter of supply and demand and giving the people what they want, I'm going to disagree is a chicken and egg issue. If people are given only one kind of thing and endlessly sold only one kind of thing, of course they're going to want more of that one kind of thing. If we're looking at this through the lens of uh, film history as Daniel kind of started, then the... And, and if, if, we, if we just look, because, you know, Scorsese, Marvel, this is all Hollywood that we're talking about here, even though it's an essay about Fellini, it's really about uh, the American film industry. And In America, the the movie industry started big, and it was controlled by the studios, until the studios broke down, uh, where uh, two or three waves of filmmakers started started, uh, gaining prominence, among which Martin Scorsese in the 70s. So during this, the studio system, the studios are, had contracts with directors, screen, uh, screenwriters, actors, so they only worked for those studios. And the movie production uh, become, uh, came like, from the top down, so to speak. So everything was very... Uh, yeah, he, as he said, like vetted and kind of produced by the studio mainly. So it was like a Universal's picture. It wasn't like... Uh, scorsese movie it was that kind of ownership of the title and the quote-unquote artistic uh, voice let's say Uh, and then you had what it's mainly referred as like the auteur era with scorsese lucas coppola all of these people who were making movies as they wanted to make them and the studios played along because their first movies were successful and they thought okay these guys can make us money let's just let them do what they want godfather taxi driver all of these things and now the past couple of decades we we are seeing a bigger studio control because everything is a a franchise like if you look at the top 10 or top 20 box office hits of the last few years fewer and fewer movies are original everything is a remake or a sequel or part of a franchise Kind of like a spin-off, whatever. So filmmakers like Scorsese are are fewer than there were in the 70s and 80s, and I can see in what he's writing that he was part of a community back then in New York or whatever, and he misses that and he doesn't see it reflected as much. If I asked you, you know, who directed a random Marvel movie, you probably wouldn't know. As, as, a, as a normal audience, not the Marvel fanboys that Daniel ma- mentioned before, right? So his personal influence is very big on this, but do, does that mean that there isn't something true in what he's saying, especially the part about market research and vetted and re Well,
3: that's how any industry functions, right? And I think the phrase we need to look at is f- film industry. Uh, either it's either it's art or it's industry, because I think a lot of people have had this gripe with mass culture that oh it, it industrializes aesthetics and and there's nothing unique or oh, you feel like you know you're buying a table but there are hundred thousand copies of the same table made whatever by IKEA. So, are films art? It, uh, is, is cinema an art form or is cinema just a medium? Because I would, the, the the phrase I film industry say, questions
0: that. uh yeah okay I would I would personally say that the medium is the screen cinema as cinema but not the the cinema not the theater but cinema, movies is not a medium as an art form for me I've always
3: seen it. That it's way. you're saying it's not an art form. It it is an art form. It is, and a, it is not a, it's not a medium. And that's the thing I think that's the question that sort of you know decides everything so if cinema is an art form then movies are works of art and and therefore anything that does not fit that artistic sense is then not cinema as as Scorsese is claiming but if cinema is not an art form it's just a medium then you know sort of not every movie has the pressure to live up to the tag of of being a work of art In that case, we can say that, okay, Marvel movies are bad movies, and anybody can say something is a bad movie because I don't like it. But you see, what is very interesting is that Scorsese is not saying they are bad movies. They are saying they are not movies. So, which to me sort of then leads again into that same point that then perhaps uh, we he at least is definitely looking at cinema as an art form. And I'm not sure and I'm not sure if I do agree there. Because art movies are what? One in a hundred? Art house, whatever you wanna call it. If yeah, if, if a medium if a medium is predominantly producing movies that cannot be called art, then is it an art form at all? Oh well mm-hmm. let
0: me give you the counter argument. Most books that are produced are manuals.
2: How is that a counter-argument to what Anunnaya is saying? Does that mean that books are not art?
3: No. Books, by their definition, are not art. Some books can be classified as art.
2: Alright, so... Yeah, so it it can be done artistically, right? But it's not, by definition...
0: So by the same kind of logic, the... the, um,
3: What's the word? Uh, The... okay fuck that let, let me let me put it this way it doesn't matter doesn't doesn't matter Take. i
0: mean that movies are the same as books and cinema is the same as literature that's what i mean like that's the correlation i, I
3: get it work, i but... get it but but just to look at the word art and how we use it in various contexts like you know sometimes for lack i i'll, I'll Let's say whoever, I I don't particularly care about football, but let's say Messi scores a particularly beautiful goal from a free kick or Beckham or whoever the fuck. You'll say, oh, that's, that's art, right? Messi is an artist. But then does that mean football is an art form? Just because there are moments which are so beautiful that people sort of invoke the art terminology to describe them does not mean football is an art. And I think the same applies to cinema pretty much, at least in how things are, not how things should be, but how things are. I think also
2: also a factor in this is accessibility to an extent. So, if you think about what happened to texts and what happened to photography, you run into the same kind of problem. Like, I can take what 2000 photographs each and every day and those are not artistic photos or you know I can take pictures of every object in my apartment and it wouldn't necessarily be art so I agree there that you know saying that something is art or something is done artistically uh, we're trying to say something about its quality or its value or about the intentions with which it was produced. I would even wager to say that. Um, because I can take you know pictures of objects randomly, or I can have, you know, some sort of uh, project in mind where I take pictures of every object in my apartment and make an installation. So what differentiates those two things, right? If I just take a random picture of everything, or if I take a picture of everything, you know, with with a certain thematic element in mind, or or if I, you know, print them and put them up on a wall.
0: It's I the, think we've same hit the thing. Classic uh classic kind of point of the fountain. The urinal. Yeah. Duchamp. Duchamp. Yeah. So what do we know in the context of Scorsese specifically and what he said here, is that he definitely sees cinema, like the word cinema describes an art form
3: Yeah, for him. And that's the right? thing. And I don't think people who are making Marvel movies are, as, as Daniel puts it in, in the lens of intent, I don't think they're trying to create art at all. I think they are trying to create movies and, and, and that's an industry. And, and therefore sort yes. of this vetting, re-vetting, marketing, these are all industrial processes.
0: All right. So I think we would agree that um, the people m- most respons- most responsible for making the Marvel movies, which in the specific case happens to be, uh, happen to be producers mostly, Kevin Fogg in particular, we would agree that they are not trying to make art.
3: Not as cinematic they, art. They, no, not cinematic they, art. Yeah. No, there are art, there are, there are art forms that are even part of those movies, like uh, CGI, for example. They they work with CGI artists in some way, so it it incorporates art forms. But as a whole, it's. I don't think they are trying to create an artwork. Okay.
0: And I see Daniel also agrees with this.
3: I mean, as yeah, we, as we it comes it...
0: Yeah, because it, it comes down to
2: financial interests. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, yeah. maybe the movie industry got too big for its own good. Because if you have an investment of $200 million... Yeah. I mean, it's well, quite have, natural you that you... Mean. It's quite natural that you don't just go out and say, Okay, I don't care if people like this. Yeah. So, yeah, and also
0: the, the the studios never thought that way. You know, it, it was usually the artists who were like, "I have to make this movie. I don't care if anyone watches it." You know, that's more of the directors or the screenwriters
3: Yeah, but whatever. that was you know always the credo of the indie filmmaker. That's why that term exists. You know, somebody who mm-hmm. does not operate under the same uh, commercial pressures. And as you say, Platon, yes. that you know uh, even Scorsese and all got big in the 70s and the 80s. Because of economic forces and how the the movie industry happened to be organized at that point. So, at the end of the day, obviously, the kind of movies that are made are decided not by artistic in, uh, concerns, but by financial interests. Yeah. And And economics tends to favor Marvel movies is the problem. I can't believe I'm taking a stand to say that, well... You see, one can understand what Marvel is doing. I am. Abs- I always thought you would. I I have I haven't seen. I, I don't even see Marvel movies. The only one I have seen, perhaps, is is Black Panther, and that's it. I haven't even watched that.
0: So Daniel, you love Marvel movies. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I zoomed
2: out, zoned out a bit because I was looking at uh, Scorsese's. Um, Filmography, filmography on IMDb um, yeah. I'm not saying I love them but you know how should I put this um, I, I put on a, I, I get into a different mood when I see Marvel films and I can I can enjoy them even if I know that you know I should not necessarily look for I don't know deep intellectual engagement <laughs> Or you know, I'm probably my my intellectual capacities won't be involved to an extent like mm-hmm. as in an art film, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy them. So I think I also approach them with a different um, with different glasses on, if you will.
0: Yeah, and I think that's just a, a sign that... There is a distinction here to be made. And the way I've always thought it is that they're not art, they're entertainment. And for me, there's a big distinction there. Even though there can be overlap, there is a distinction. And it does come down to, at least to a certain extent, uh, to intent, the creator's intent, whether it be one individual or a team. Are you making something to entertain people? Or are you making uh, something because you have a specific artistic vision that you need to express yeah. without per- thinking of the audience specifically.
3: Obviously, and but I can... Yeah, sorry, go, on, go on, ahead. You, you go on, Daniel. I was um, making a slightly but, different point, so it's, it's good if we don't get to that right now. Um, but just to
2: instantly contradict myself, I can also look at Marvel movies and see how, as, as Anunaya said, other artistic forms seep into these movies. And how they subvert certain traditions and how they do what they do and how they entertain but educate at the same time, even. So, you know, it all depends on, on what you're looking for. And I think um, it's valid to look at these as, you know, symptoms of culture or, or artifacts of culture, which are worthy of examination, worthy of, yeah. you know, uh, analyzing even so,
3: I don't know. You know, they are definitely cultural objects, and, and it's it's a worthwhile conversation. I also think that you know, like all forms, cinema has evolved. It always has, and and that's why all these different words are there. And and perhaps uh, it has evolved uncomfortably so for people like Scorsese, because they don't seem to belong in what cinema has become right they are increasingly pushed to the sidelines and again and and even you know Scorsese's last movie I'm assuming Irishman was the last one so far right don't, well last don't, as don't in, say it like he's dead no, no, last one as in the last one to have come out I one found it boring beyond a point Ooh. yes I did I did <laughs> and 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 to to me it seemed like the resistance to evolving and redefining one's work you know and and, and I mean it quite literally sort of having to uh, use uh, uh, virtual effects to make sort of uh, Pacino and all look 30 years younger it's it's almost as if wishful thinking that we were still in the 80s no I
0: think it's just because he's telling the story I think just because I kind of Uh, in the same... Because, just to to mention this, all these comments uh, about Marvel movies were during uh, interviews and panels that he did for The Irishman. So, if you bring up The Irishman, he's answering questions uh, that are a bit general, but in the same answer, he will say something about cinema in general, something about Marvel, but also something about The Irishman, which is interesting because... I think, I did not include the full answer that he gave because it was a bit long in the in the intro I gave, but I think that people latched on to, to the phrase, Marvel movies are not cinema, and the rest of his answer is very uh, nuanced, and you would think that he's not like, you know, an old man yelling at the clouds because he's talking about a movie that he made for Netflix and... Uh, using this CGI technology to make uh, De Niro younger, and how he w- he and his team were looking for ways to tell the story because it's a historical piece. So, if if he's going to have De Niro play the main uh, the main person Frank uh, Frank Sheeran, then who's going to play the young Frank Sheeran who? is the beginning of the story, do we get a younger actor, what do we do? So in a way it's him experimenting with a form of technology and CGI, you mentioned earlier that even if the movie in the end it's not a piece of art, then in the process there have been artists involved in it. Well, he is experimenting with it, it's not the first CGI movie, but for him it's a new thing to experiment with. And he's like an 80-year-old filmmaker who's used to making things, uh, movies very differently. And then he's talking about Netflix, where he, he never did a movie that had such a release, right? And it, you, you look at other filmmakers who are a bit purist, so to speak, Tarantino or whatever, who will not do a digital movie. So his answer is not uh, indicative of a person out of step with reality. It's more of him uh, missing a certain way that movies were made when he was making movies, specifically in the first couple of decades of his career. And I, if if, if I were to kind of like, I mean, I told you guys that I kind of, I, I stand with Marty. And the reason why I do is that I uh, I think we all agree about the financial aspects of the, the movie industry these days, but I see that there's more and more and more of an incentive to make movies specifically to make money, and studios' decisions are based on what made money before, and that's why I mentioned there's fewer and fewer original ideas making it to uh, the levels of visi- visibility that Marvel gets because everyone is watching these movies 10 out of uh, sorry 8 out of 10 movies in the box office uh, top 10 in 2019 that's, let's skip 2020 but like 2019 were remakes uh, or parts of franchises and I think like f- 5 of them so half of them were Disney were were made by Disney and I think that that's that's a sort of stifling monopoly on a creative medium that i do believe it, it it should be art all the time and the more these movies the more money these movies make the more of these movie studios are going to want to make and that leaves less room for up-and-coming filmmakers who don't want to do that who, want, who have something com- completely original to say. And I share with uh, Scorsese that kind of lament that it's becoming so much more difficult to get these
3: new voices out there. No, fair enough. I have a more radical sort of a theory here that perhaps cinema as a whole, as a medium itself is is struggling with an existential question, you know, in the day and in the age of binge watching. In the age of there being a glut of content and you know you're not watching something to have an experience. You're watching it to to sort of get through your day, to get through your time. And and essentially a standalone movie does not fit in the binge watching culture so therefore you know as you say it has to be a sequel a prequel a three-part a trilogy a franchise 29 movies with interconnected themes because just to keep people busy our lives have become sort of there's more free time than ever in some ways and and we want to fill it with and and that's what what I found most interesting in Scorsese's second comment was movies are being reduced to their lowest common denominator which is content And you see, today we don't even watch movies or TV shows, we just watch content. So, we consume content, like we are consumers of an industry of which creates content. So I perhaps think that, but sure, there was a time where content was the lowest common, uh, lowest sort of element, and this applies everywhere, right? Uh, You read Shakespeare, not for the plot, it's it's not that his stories are are great it's 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 what he does with it so but in this day and age content or or plot has become paramount has become all encompassing in this culture of binge watching what do you think daniel is that does that make sense or is that too radical and left field sort of as a proposal
2: i think um I don't think it's too radical because there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. What I was wondering about is, you know, this classic experience of going to the movies, sitting down at the theater and, you know, watching the film unfold. Now we're, you know, watching films on phones, on tablets, on laptop screens. Um, at home, on the toilet, lying down, at the beach, you know, in all these different situations. And I'm wondering if, you know, creating formally challenging art is consumable in all these different in circumstances. Settings. Yeah. Yeah. In in all these settings. So I don't I don't actually think that you can appreciate or or even enjoy watching The Shining, for example, on a phone screen in 20-minute installments. So in that way, yeah, the, the, the way of consuming culture has changed the medium itself or has changed the works of art themselves. But on the other hand, there was this um, service, I'm not sure what it was called, uh, Weeby, freebie. Quibi, something like that. Are, are
0: you thinking of Quibi? Yeah. Quibi. So one
2: of these, so, so one of these millionaires tried to start this, and as far as I know, it failed completely. So and these were like ten-minute films with huge stars being marketed, and it seemed like the perfect solution, like you know, the commute movie or something that you can just consume while you're having lunch or something.
0: And that's why all these people invested, like, over a billion dollars. Yeah. it makes sense.
2: And it failed miserably. So, I'm wondering if, you know, any of what we're saying about, you know, how the way of consumption changed culture completely is true, because, you know, this should have been a success. This should have been a huge success, and it should have colonized our way of, you know, watching films, and Quibi should be everywhere. And it's not, for some reason.
0: The, the founder and some uh, sort of people who have talked about it have blamed in part the pandemic to it. And I think there is something in that because this was very an on the go kind of process of watching things. And all of a sudden, lockdown everywhere. We're at home. We're just watching five hours straight. So and, and this is and this was content to be watched on phone. This was a vertical kind of thing. Right? They adapted every, every formal aspect of uh, movie making to fit a phone. And all of a sudden you're at home and you don't need to look at your phone. You're just rewatching Friends for the millionth time. But uh, speaking of audience, I have a, I have a, a quote for, from the Scorsese article on Marvel that may push this conversation a bit forward. His opinion is. If you're going to tell me that it's simply a matter of supply and demand and giving the people what they want, I'm going to disagree. It's a chicken and egg issue. If people are given only one kind of thing and endlessly sold only one kind of thing, of course they're going to want more of that one kind of thing.
3: Yeah, but that's the formula, right? That's what sells, so let's keep making more of that shit until it stops selling. I think financial concerns are the only things that can change what they do in the future, right? if these movies start bombing, then they'll have to do something else at some point. But but this is, has been this has
0: been happening in Hollywood for many years now. If you see trends of this like one kind of movie being made, the first one that flops, okay, what's what's the next big thing? And that that Scorsese quote reminds me also of like the that famous both Steve Jobs and. Um, Ford quote where it's like the people don't know what they want until you give it to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and these are these are quotes from like people who are very much not artists and super business driven, right?
3: What do you mean Steve Jobs is not an artist?
0: <gasps>
3: <gasps>
0: Jesus, Gandhi, <laughs> me. <mean. laughs> Come on. Steve, Steve Jobs may have studied calligraphy, but but that's not why he's an icon. He, he was, very famously so, and you can quote me on this, the best person to give a presentation. That's what he was famous for.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: but so are we... Because are we back to the argument, or are, are we back to this problem of, of financial interests, Ben? Because... What Marty is saying here, and what Ananya is saying, right? So, if it sells, you're gonna make more of that. And, you know, that's true, but... I don't know if this, can, this problem can be alleviated or, or solved in any way, and I'm not sure that, you know, it's not the natural way things go after a time in capitalism
3: yeah yeah no there's, there's spoilers for for a future episode <laughs> <laughs> no I have a different question what is it about these movies that they sell so much and and, and people all over the world watch them enjoy them can't wait for the next one that's their formulaic and simple that's what baffles me like sure I get it I've seen three of it or nine of it now but what's in it like what keeps people hooked and and again i don't want to make an elitist argument that oh people are you know basically dumb and and, and gullible and, i want to but i want to is there any and that's that's of course the lazy argument to make but is there something else about How these movies you. forget the artistic lens of looking at cinema from any bloody lens what is there people are dumb there is a visual spectacle
2: <laughs> I, I, I don't think that, you know, I, Look, I looking refuse... at Daniel,
0: I want to amend that. I want to amend that. Daniel is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... It's just simple entertainment. That's, you know, the, for the same reason, fairy tales are successful even to, you know, 10-year-olds who've heard them 100 times. Who, grandma, tell me that story again about whatever.
3: Yeah, because because what else is a ten-year-old gonna do? But like,
0: there, I understand because who else watches Marvel movies? Mentally, ten-year-old. No, but ten-year-olds don't.
3: Yes, yes, offense, Daniel. Ten-year-olds don't have <laughs> options. Full-grown adults do, and that's I don't know. Just, just don't forget um, to buy a baffles. magazine
0: coming out this summer.
3: I think I think the
2: entertainment factor is definitely there, but also. I think escapism is also there and maybe if I'm like maybe this is too dramatic but 2020 and you know generally the 2000s suck to the extent that people just want to escape somewhere and these movies are the perfect place to escape because good always wins at the end and you always have more so you can get literally Lost in these worlds. You can watch 27 movies or 28 now. I'm not sure how many there are. And you can just escape, you know, global chaos and climate change and whatnot. So I think it's it's
0: kind of, you know, I thought the, the ending of the, of the franchise of was a big metaphor about climate
3: change. Oh,
0: that's what I heard. I haven't watched them.
3: No, well. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, even though there are the 28 or 29 more movies than what is required, but uh, just, I don't know, just. You know, to me, the most emblematic
0: thing of the Marvel project is this. No one believed this would succeed, but John Favreau re- really wanted to make an Iron Man movie. He made an Iron Man movie, and it was extremely successful, and then... Marvel decided let's make this big project and John Favreau
3: bailed. <laughs> which which shows which shows how much financial uh, issues sort of play in in creating this it's not like Marvel even had the idea of creating the Marvel cinematic universe. No they, it was they, pushed by one of these filmmakers. Exactly. No but I going back to what Daniel is saying I think there is absolutely a, a, one of the the defining features of the culture is Right now is a rejection of not just realism but reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, I agree with that. And that is to be seen everywhere, even something like the success of Harry Potter or mm-hmm. you know just the yeah. just fantasy fiction being such a popular sort of both written as well as visual genre. I mean, I know we started sort of this whole thing with uh, Game of Thrones. So, yeah. perhaps that is, and that's a point uh, other people have also made, that people are refusing to grow up, refusing to to sort of grapple with reality and then sort of this escapism. Yeah.
0: I think I'm looking forward to our, the sci-fi episode because I want to genuinely learn more about this escapism uh, from Daniel, who is much more versed in uh, sci-fi fantasy theory, but it's always fascinated me as a subject. And, you know, you, you mentioned Harry Potter, we can say Lord of the Rings as well, and all of these, and uh, Star Wars, but the thing is that sci-fi has always been extremely successful, and
3: fantasy has always been extremely successful, but there is something different about it now. But now they are successful, now, now, now they are not only successful, they are successful at the cost of other kinds of things. They are not successful. No, they are dominant
0: in in culture. Is what I'm saying. They are dominant. Your your previous phrasing is like harsher than I would have put it, which I'm surprised. Fair at. enough. Uh, and although I, I, I I'm not uh, disagreeing, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying that nerd culture has become mainstream pretty yeah,
3: much. Yeah, yeah, and and you see again, escaping reality has always been a favorite human pastime, right? So I I think that then perhaps the best thing we can say about Marvel movies is that, well, at least it's not drugs. <laughs> like. uh, drugs are better.
2: I'm pretty sure drugs are better. Um, I just want to, like, amend what Platon said about science fiction. So, there's a lot of escapist science fiction, but also, you know, there's a lot of science fiction which is not escapist.
0: So yeah, no, I wouldn't I'm not saying all so sci-fi
2: is escapist. Reducing the genre to that, but definitely there is some form of escapism in the most popular franchises, I think. Uh, which is which it may be some, the thing that uh, Anunaya was asking about, like what draws people in. I think this is one of the factors. Like, I can get lost in it, I can have more and more... You know and have this alternative world which is you know at the end this world is just and you know characters can be brought back death can be defeated i think that's very appealing i think that's a universally appealing thing
3: which you know then is a bigger comment on technology in the sense that because you know we assume that technology is making our lives better but perhaps all of technological developments, whether it is CGI or social media or whatever, is just there to mask the shit reality. <laughs> Technology is just then the the opiate of sorts, that it's, it's not really making the world better. It's not making reality something you wouldn't want to escape, mm-hmm. but just sort of papering over the shit reality of the world and then allowing us escape is that what technology essentially does i know that's that's way beyond the scope of what we are talking here
0: beyond the scope but also technology encompasses so many things that there's no way to answer that there is technology that very actively makes the world much better for a lot of people i mean you know
3: mass-consumed technology is just for first world countries. yeah. Because there's tech, there's technology saving lives every day in Africa <laughs> or India even. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I meant sort of <laughs> technology as, as an everyday consumer. Yeah,
1: Digital
2: I think that this is gadgets. why, you know, um, it's customary to talk about technological change rather than technological advancement or technological progress. Yeah. So, um, but I think... Yeah, we can tackle technology in another episode.
0: Absolutely. But... Yeah, let's not go. Let's not drift too far. Um. I wonder. Um, you know, I, I had one point to add here, and specifically about cinema, just to bring it back, that escapism does have that formulaic element, which uh, is what I got from uh, what Daniel was, say- was saying, where you get that comfort in the end. And uh, just to say that I'm not, I didn't mean to, to sound like I was reducing all sci-fi to escapism, but that is a, an important element to to the genre and to these speculative uh, genres. Um, but uh, I, I watched for the first time, The Martian the other day. And, you know, it's Matt Damon. I resisted for a long time, I'm like, uh, Let's just get this over with. That's how I see a lot of movies these days. It's like, let's just check this off the list. So I watched it, and there were a lot of good things in The Martian for me. The storytelling was lacking, in that, you know, I watched the first act and I could predict the next two acts because of this formulaic element. But I'm like, if they go to mars to save him and the last moment something goes wrong and he dies and they showed the aftermath of that in the crew and how they handle it that would make this movie so much better so i kind of manufactured a sort of uh tension within myself I'm like can they pull it off? I'm, I'm, like, rooting for the screenwriter. Just, like, I, I don't know what <laughs> happens in the novel, but just make this happen. Just, like, end on a very pessimistic note and deal with that. That would make such a better movie. And, of course, they didn't, and it was a complete disappointment. But <laughs> but uh, you see what I mean? Like, yeah, I understand how you are baffled by the success of Marvel movies. And... My complaint is that they are not trying to produce something new or original or, you know, like, experiment with anything, you know, except for technology.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, then, the escape and the realism basically is leading to a rejection of tragedy in some ways, is is that what you're saying? That... That there always has to be a happy ending for it to be become a big hit, for it to be universally sort of accepted and, and watched over, because we want we watch movies to feel good and feel happy and 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 I don't know is and so that tragic endings, yeah. I will tell you
0: exactly what it is, even with a Marvel example. Um, but what it goes back to is what we said in the Game of Thrones episode, where. It was shocking to see these main, quote-unquote, characters die, and that became predictable. And that threw them off course in the last season when they were making shit up, diverting off course just for the sake of surprising the audience, and that can go wrong without a genuine reason to do so, uh, except for surprising the audience. With Marvel, I have friends who have seen all of the, the entire series of movies. And they, they've told me things about the movies, right? I, I've asked them things as well. And f- from what I understand, in the second to last movie, I don't know the title, so just don't, don't bother me with that. But like in the second to last movie, uh, Thanos seems to win and he's like sitting victorious or whatever, he killed half of the universe. And then there's another movie so, my friend was telling me, just after watching this second-to-last movie, where it's like, oh, it was so good, like, Thanos kind of, like, killed half of the galaxy, but, you know, at the end of the next movie, it's all going to be fine. <laughs> of course it's going to be fine. Everyone finishing that movie knew that the next movie was going to set everything back to normal. So why go watch it? I, I, I would not... I don't understand it.
3: Just because like, what like, else are you going to do with your life?
0: Watch a good movie. Watch a movie that kind of challenges you or makes you understand some, you know, like... That requires, you watch know, watch moonlight. Yeah,
3: yeah, but that requires watching ten movies to find the one good one. Here, this is... Oh, come on. You know, you know there's everything. There's of- no, there's no sort of there's no need for a failsafe you know exactly what it's going to be you get there you get exactly what you were hoping for you come up. yeah out. but you know why you know why so-called arthouse movies but here i'm including
0: uh Scorsese movies which no one would consider arthouse maybe except for this first one but you know good fellas or whatever um uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, these are not art house movies, but they are cinema and they are art. And here's why these movies don't fall into the same trap. They don't focus on plot. The movies are not about storytelling, they're not about the plot, they're about the characters. That's why Scorsese can make amazing movies about real events that you know beforehand how they ended. But that's not the point. You're watching a portrayal, you're watching, you know, ...excellent performances and excellent dialogues and scripts and angles. Okay, Marvel let me just... Marvel movies look horrible. Okay,
2: let me just turn this against you now and say... ...if you know the ending of all Marvel movies... Uh, yes. ...and you can guess them... Yes. ...then really the point is not the plot or the story it's that you love iron man and his character and you love doctor strange and and you love all these characters you love how they you know act and you love them you know saying one-liners or something so you know if focuses on character and focuses on atmosphere then marvel movies provide just that you can watch your favorite characters endlessly, they get out of trouble all the time, and they do what they do brilliantly.
0: Yes. How is that different? It is different, and I will tell you why. And I already know your counter-argument, but I don't care because you're (laughs) wrong. I'm I'm, I'm having an argument with Daniel in the future, he doesn't even know it. (laughs) Uh, Here's why. These are comic book movies, and comic books don't have characters. Don't have real characters, they have archetypes. These are not real people. They're not, they don't have the dimensions of a real person. If you watch a good movie with good dialogue and good actors, they can be sitting there talking for two hours straight,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they will have not. So not to confuse this with a very similitude, but a realism where they are people where uh, th- that you can relate to to a, a much higher degree than Captain America. Yeah, but
2: then now we're closer to the problem, right? So now we're closer to saying what is wrong with these movies.
0: And I'm glad that you bring up one-liners, because... It's the same thing that happens when you take away the laughing track from Big Bang Theory. It's weird. (laughs) This is is not the world. This is a made-up place with made-up anthropomorphic people. Hey, they're called superheroes, okay? But that's my,
2: you know, I have a similar problem, for instance, with Aaron Sorkin movies. The dialogue is written brilliantly and it's very snappy and very witty, but no one talks like that in real life. It's like all of his characters have the wittiness and, you know, own caffeine all the time and have their wittiness um, knob turned on all the time to maximum so did you watch the trial of the Chicago 7? yeah yeah you think I did I liked it I think it was a very
0: yeah,
3: a very specific
2: I, framing of the whole thing but yeah
3: loved it absolutely loved it but yeah, what's the difference then Daniel then
0: I will tell you... Well, Daniel brought up Aaron Sorking who wrote and directed... Uh, Chicago 7, Chico Chico yeah. 7. And my favorite scene in that movie is the taking the hill scene, which was... Uh, like, I literally... We finished the movie, and I rewinded it to watch that scene again because I had goosebumps all over when they took the hill. Uh, the music, first of all. But the choice to put... Real footage of that um, clash with the police in the very fast cutting scenes, you know, like you have very fast montage, people like fighting with cops everywhere, and for split seconds, you see actual footage of the event happening. That's what I mean by real. A very specific example that doesn't, you know, portray what I call cinema as an art form, but kind of shows the kind of, you know, like it was almost to a point where you didn't know, oh did they shoot black and white some of the scenes to make it look like they are real, or did they use archive footage? Like that was the level of reality that was in there. And I, I am I am taking it to to escapism again, because for me it, it is like when I when I engage with a form of art, be it literature or music or movies or whatever, I've always seen it as a way to either kind of share some common experience to in, in different language uh, or to look at a different point of view of existence by which i mean you know like you see uh, people that don't uh, share your your background and grew up in a different way and have experienced uh situations that you haven't experienced before but they are very common that that is art and art is about people marvel movies are not about people that's my problem yeah. Then I would
2: say
3: they don't fit your definition of art. <laughs> they they don't fit my definition of art either. Not at all. They don't at yeah. fit anyone's definition of at art.
0: They don't fit the definitions of art of the people
3: who make them. I think not only do they not fit the definition of art, I think they are the exact opposite of art in one way. Because to me... And again, of course, all definitions of art are personal. So, to me, art is... Something that takes the commonplace, the mundane, the everyday and elevates it. Right. And, and Marvel movies do the opposite. They take the spectacular and, and make it mundane. They make it every day in, in that sense. Right, they they start with the whole spectacle that whoa ho ho, like look at the the baddest guy in the galaxy, blah blah blah. And and <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they bring it to sort of an everyday. What does the, the coolest guy or the baddest guy want? Oh he he just has some evil plans. As if, you know, he's he's sort of just a cartoon villain character. So they do the opposite of art in that sense, taking the spectacular and making it mundane.
0: Yeah, for me, the 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 crucial Marvel movie that kind of has had me thinking for the longest time about these things is Black Panther, because it was such a big event for African-Americans. And I've heard not only famous uh, black people in talk shows talk about it, but I've seen interviews outside of outside of theaters of uh, black people saying this is such a big day for us, you know, we have a superhero out there that looks like us and has this and that and Wakanda and Africa. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, like it's so important to to these people. So I I I don't feel like my arguments against Marvel, you know, not being art or whatever uh, would matter to them at all. And perhaps they shouldn't. But, you know, I'd rather watch, you know, moonlight and fences and all of these things. Which is more important to to black culture in in America? And I'm not asking you and I'm not answering it myself, but like I'm wondering about that question. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like Black Panther was a more culturally relevant movie than any other movie uh, about black culture, Uh, at least in the recent past, let's say.
3: No, I think that'll take us into a whole different direction obviously and it it is different and it's it's a question of representation and and of course it's it, it it's a big deal because it it is representing people and communities but my problem is it is very much representation for the sake of representation unlike moonlight which is actually hoping to perhaps do more not rather than just oh look here are black people's stories. And it is also very thinly veiled representation for the sake of making money out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so I don't know how yeah. people don't see through that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: How they fall for representation for the sake of representation.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. The, the thing about representation that baffled me about this was that... None of the African Americans who watch this movie... Or the Africans who watch this movie... Related to it, you know, like it's fake. It's not it's not representative of anyone's uh, Experience. Yeah It's representation only in the fact that these people look like me. It's not the same five honkies all the time
2: <laughs> Okay, um, so The problem with Marvel movies Ben, is that To quote Ananaya, they don't do more So they don't do more than use the old formulas and cliches. And if they did something more, then they would cross into art.
3: Who wants to take that risk? They would cross into something I would want to watch. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, and, and, and you know, I've... if they and if they tried to do more, perhaps given that we say that oh, you know, people watch what you make them watch, perhaps people will like that. Who, you know, wh- why they just may, they just may, mm-hmm. and 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 that's kind of what DC is doing with with the sort of gritty sort of Joker and 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 all that, sh- because they are trying to, of course, separate their brand from Marvel, but. In an attempt to do that, they are doing more with with the same formula, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everyone hates them. Well, or at least they used. To. But I but I like Joker. At least that one movie that I saw, I really liked it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
2: I think I, I think it's a good way to to phrase it. Like, please do more, whether that be in terms of form, in terms of. Um, I don't know, uh, character development in terms of experimenting with whatever, just yeah. do more than reuse the old formulas.
3: Yeah, because... Yeah, I
0: think d- doing doing more is pretty much kind of e- experimenting and what Martin, M- Marty was talking about is like everything is market researched and they need to be sure... That it's not going to fail. Th- the, the the movie that they're producing will appease everyone, or at least, you know, the, the vast majority. And my favorite thing that happens once in a while in Hollywood and just fills me with joy is that they will do all the screen tests, they will take a very good movie, change the final cut from the director, it will flop, and then there will come the director's cut and everyone was like, Why didn't you do this in the first place? We love this. <laughs> because it's like, it's it's a middle finger to the studios telling them that this is... You may succeed in this domain, but, you know, you don't control it the way you think you do. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I, I rejoice filmmakers that make movies that I don't personally, you know, go crazy for, but that are doing something new. Even if that something new is not my taste, at least they're doing it. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I suppose that's a good note to sort of wrap things up.
2: Yeah.
0: I think so too. Yeah. I will end with trend with just one quote by Marty but from the Fellini article.
3: Yeah, I'm sure any, any of our uh, listeners who have made it to the 64-minute mark will make it to the 65-minute mark.
0: <laughs> I will end on on the same paragraph that he ends his article. I suppose we also have to refine our notions of what cinema is and what it isn't. Federico Fellini is a good place to start. You can say a lot of things about Fellini's movies. But here's one thing that is incontestable. They are cinema. Fellini's work goes a long way toward defining the art form.